Well, in the early ages, music really helps grow kids' brains in a way that other things can't um, to get those connections. Um, just like when you're going to be ex exposed to a foreign language, if kids are not exposed to music before age nine, they've kind of missed out on some of those um, pathways being established. And so uh, music appreciation is an easy way for homeschool moms to be able to do that in their homeschools. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Hey guys, it's the holiday season, and that means the opportunity to get out all of our favorite Thanksgiving and Christmas picture books. Every year, it's one of my favorite parts of the holiday season, returning to our family favorites and trying new fun titles. So we are already ready with our Thanksgiving picture books and are going to start putting some of those Christmas books on hold at the library soon. So if you would like to know some of our family favorites, you can head to humilityanddoxology.com. Um, I have a Thanksgiving book list, a free download for you there, as well as a Christmas book download. Or if you just want a really easy, clickable um, list, you can head to amazon.com slash shop slash humility and doxology. Again, that's amazon.com slash shop slash humility and doxology. And if I've left off one of your family favorites, I would love it if you would leave me a message via email or record an audio message um, and let me know what new Thanksgiving and Christmas books our family should try this year. Hello everyone. Today I am joined by Gina Mayo, who is the wife of 22 years and a homeschooling mom of eight children ranging in age from 20 down to eight, and she has homeschooled them from the beginning. Gina is also a music teacher and has taught music for over 25 years. She shares her joy of family, home, and homeschooling at ichoosejoy.org, and musicinourhomeschool.com is where she provides resources, tips, reviews, giveaways, and freebies to help all homeschoolers include music and their homeschools. And I'm delighted to get to chat with you today. Thanks. It's so great to be here. Well, Gina, here at the beginning, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and how you came to start homeschooling? Sure. So I went to college as a music major and uh, got my music education degree and then started teaching in the public school system. So I taught for three years junior high choir and then two years in elementary general music before I had my first child and then I stayed home to be a mom. Um, so almost immediately I started 
because my experience in the public school system helped me realize I didn't want my kids to be there if I could find a better way. I had seen behind the scenes, I had met teachers that hated being there. Um, they uh, weren't the best for the kids and a lot of kids got lost in the shuffle, lost in the crowd because we had to spend so much time focusing on troublemakers and so um, I thought, I really want to, I hope I can find a better way. And homeschooling was pretty new back then. Um, when I was teaching, I had a student come in that had been homeschooled for elementary school. And like, I had never heard of it before. So um, I had a lot to do with researching and my husband was on board. And by the time my first child was in kindergarten, I had five kids. So um that was how we got started. <laughs> wow. Well, that is amazing that you, it was sort of this new thing to you. Um, I guess mm -hmm. I forget as a second generation homeschooler, oh, yeah. you know, homeschooling has been a part of my life and vocabulary for so long. It's mm -hmm. kind of like when somebody asks me, like, when did you learn to read or when did you learn to play the piano? I have no memory of not being able to do those yeah. things. <laughs> And so it's, you're like, oh yeah, I guess this is new. Like you actually have to learn these things at some point. Mm -hmm. Well, over those years, then as you started kindergarten with five under five, which I'm yeah. sure was very loud and noisy and exciting, <laughs> how has your approach to homeschooling kind of grown and changed over the years? Well, I've always been influenced by the Charlotte Mason method. I started reading about that uh, pretty early. And so she and her methods have always influenced me. Also classical education was another method that um, I kind of gravitated to at the beginning. So we did a lot of unit studies that I would plan out myself with my kids in the very early years, um, you know, getting a lot of books from the library and doing lap books and making food and finding music that went with it, all those kinds of things for different subjects. Um, as the kids grew older, I found um, that I, when my youngest was finally not napping anymore, I thought, okay, now we can get out and do more things. So I was pretty strict about nap times. Um, I was, you know, being pregnant so much and tired. And so we, we kept things very balanced at the beginning. But then we started going to a homeschool co-op and we did a Tapestry of Grace um, curriculum there. So we were a part of that for seven years until it shut down from COVID. Um, so this past year, um, I've had to pivot again and tr figure out things, how to do it with my own kids at home with two high schoolers, two middle schoolers, and two elementary kids. And so um, I have done a few things like I've combined a lot more subjects together than I had ever done before. Um, and we, for the high schoolers especially, found some outside help, either online classes or um, not so much teachers for them in person this year, but I have done that in the past. And so that helps me with the high schoolers not to have to focus so much one-on-one -on -one with them and so I could still be homeschooling my younger kids more effectively. So it has changed throughout the last 15 years that I've been homeschooling. I think a lot of parents can relate to what you're saying too with having to pivot, certainly over the past couple of years, but even just in the course of 
you know, years of homeschooling as mm-hmm. you have more children or children graduate and you have fewer children or right. needs change over the years. It's sort of like we're constantly reinventing what we're doing. Just when you mm-hmm. think you've figured out, you know, oh, this is going to be a good plan that works. It may, it may work for, for that period of time, but often we're having to kind of pivot and change and be flexible. Right. Well, what have been some of your favorite parts of homeschooling? I think my favorite parts are actually getting to know my kids better, being with them more, um, getting to teach them what I'd like them to learn and getting to hear what they, their own thoughts, you know, sharing back with me that I wouldn't have gotten to hear if they were at school all day. Yeah, definitely. My middle daughter and I have had special one-on-one time every week this past year as as I take her to a dance class and just to be able to hear her tell me back the things she's reading and thinking about is such a precious, a precious Mm -hmm. time of relationship, but also, you know, sneakily, I'm also learning, you know, how much are you really retaining and learning? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, along with all the fun parts of homeschooling, there are always challenges you faced any challenges in homeschooling and how do you seek to overcome those harder parts? Some of my challenges have been related to the multiple ages, uh, just not having enough time or energy during the day to divide everybody up into different things. Um, so I've just become more creative in how I have done that. For example, This year uh, for physical science, I've had my seventh and eighth and 10th grader doing that together. My 10th grader has dyslexia, so um, it was perfectly fine for her to do a a level of science, which usually isn't for 10th graders. So those kinds of challenges um, just require me to, to think it through and be creative and find a solution. A lot of times people will ask, you know, how do you balance things with with multiple children? Mm -hmm. And I think of it a lot in the same way that you think about toddler nutrition. (laughs) Because because in any given day or for any given meal, that toddler's nutrition may look very strange. Like they just ate a bunch of Cheerios and some green beans. (laughs) And you think, what in the world is happening here? But over the course of a week, you're going to hit all those major food groups and, and it all balances out. And I think as a mom of many, that's how I feel a lot of times on any given day or homeschool morning, I may not actually be able to balance my time with everyone, but over the course of the week, I try to make sure to have checked in with everyone and and it all balances out eventually. Right. Well, specifically let's chat about music appreciation, which I know is a huge part of your life and huge part of your online work. Why do you think that music appreciation is so important in our homeschools? Well, in the early ages, music really helps grow kids' brains in a way that other things can't um, to get those connections. Uh, Just like when you're going to be exposed to a foreign language, if kids are not exposed to music before age nine, they've kind of missed out on some of those um, pathways being established. And so uh, music appreciation is an easy way for homeschool moms to be able to do that in their homeschools um, without having to do piano lessons or some other type of instrument if they can't do that. Music appreciation can be done by everyone. So 
that's one of the reasons why I love it. And um, it also, music helps us, us understand culture and history in a way to really see a big picture that if you leave that out, you're missing it. Same with art um, and even literature as kids get older to read the literature of the historical period too. Um, and it's really good for all kids, no matter what they're gonna do later in their life, even if they never do become a musician in any way. Being financially uneducated is expensive. Today's podcast sponsor, MoneyTimeKids.com, will teach your child all the things you wish you had been taught about money. You know personal finance is a critical life skill that your kids need, but how do you include it in your homeschool curriculum? Money Time is an online financial literacy program combining finance lessons with an interactive money management game, which is perfect for a homeschool elective. Podcast listeners can get 25% off annual licenses using the code HDPOD21 at checkout. Get the link and coupon code in today's show notes. And I would love to, to chat a little bit more about that. So as we're thinking about including music in our homeschools, you know, is this just for the naturally gifted musicians? Is it valuable even if either mom or the children maybe don't feel quite so musically inclined? Yes. Yeah, so I, of course, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think everyone needs to have music in their homeschool every year. Um, now, I'm not going to say you have to study it for an hour a day, even for your first grader, because I, I, as a homeschool mom, too, with lots of kids, know that there's just limits to our time and our energy. Um, I've created a lot of 15-minute music lessons because um, I have that Charlotte Mason method style in me where short lessons even can make a big difference. And you can find time to do a 15 minute music lesson with your kids. Um, so that is one thing that I think is really helpful for the early ages and for high school. I definitely believe that every high schooler should have a fine arts credit. If it's not music, then art or dance or theater, but I hope it could be music, music history maybe, um, if they're not a musician, but everyone should, always include music in their homeschools. What are some tips and strategies to find that time in our day? One you mentioned already is it doesn't have to be a really long lesson. Mm -hmm. It can be a short lesson. We'd love to hear like if there's something specific at sort of different ages along the way, or again, as a mom with a wide range of ages, ideas for tips to, to bring multiple ages and grades together. Right. So one thing that I'm doing with my elementary kids this year is we do it during our morning basket time. So we're doing um, foreign language and read alouds and Bible study during that time. So I do a 15 minute music lesson with them every day. And I am using actually my membership where I have a certain lesson for every day of the month. And sometimes it's a composer's birthday or a holiday and the music will relate to that or something special that we're focusing on that month, a certain topic. Um, so that's what I'm doing with my elementary kids. So I do it in the mornings during our morning basket time. Another great idea for some people, if they can't do music every day is to do it with a loop schedule. So they would uh, go through whatever things are on their loop schedule that they're not doing daily. And then whenever they get to the music, then they're ready to do that one on that particular day. 
Um, people don't know about loop scheduling, you could just uh, do a search for that because there's lots of great resources online. For the multiple ages, so we're studying the late 1700s right now. And um, so that's the classical era of music. So on Wednesdays, I pull all my kids from eight-year-old to 17-year-old, and we're doing our history discussion of the week as a group. My elementary kids actually leave partway through so I can get a little deeper with the teenagers. But um, at the beginning, that's when I add that music lesson that relates to the history that we're studying. And so I have some history, music history courses for high schoolers, and that's what I'm using for this lesson, but I simplify it a bit. And so you can always take any curriculum and simplify it or change it up a bit to work better for your style or your kids. And so that's what I do. So I have the lesson on, like right now we were doing classical forms and we talked about themes and variations yesterday. And so I don't play the entire piece. I, I explain it to them. I play part of the piece. We talk about it a little bit, but it's short and sweet. And it's good for my eight-year-old and my 17-year-old and everyone in between. Um, so that's, those are my tips that I think can make a lot uh, more people realize this is something they could do in their homeschool. We love to be able to combine those kinds of subjects like mm -hmm. history and, and really a kind of even thinking of history as broader, as a broader idea of that, that humanities, what was going on in the ideas that then trickled out into culture. Yes. Um, and so, of course, that's going to play out in the people and the events, but it plays out in the art and the music and the science mm -hmm. and the architecture. And there's so many wonderful, delightful, and not, not too challenging ways to kind of bring in those other ideas into right. your discussions, even across a wide age range. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the questions I have been asking a lot of people recently, just because I, I think that it's always really insightful to hear other other moms' tips for a new homeschool mom. It's been fun to hear, but I think, you know, even we veteran homeschool moms sometimes need to be reminded of those basic principles so we can get distracted and kind of kind of forget our whys and, yeah. and our here. But if you were talking to a new homeschool mama and you were wanting to give her some advice, what would you say to her? My biggest um, advice would be to relax. There are so many different ways to educate. Um, there is not just one way to do it. So you don't have to worry that you're doing it wrong. Um, whatever curriculum or whatever style you've chosen, you your kids will be learning. If you're doing it with them, they're going to be learning. And maybe the next year you'll change it up a bit and try something different but you don't have to worry that they're going to miss something. Um, maybe the only thing you just wanna do is make sure your math is sequential and you're still doing math every year and you have taught your kids how to read. But beyond that, you don't have to worry so much, just relax. Yeah, I was talking to, to another guest recently and she was saying just how consistency is so much more valuable than, mm. you know, somehow picking just the perfect curriculum, but just exactly. that simple consistency makes such a big difference. And all of us can do that. Just get up in the morning and, and do something simple. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate it and stress mm -hmm. ourselves out. That's right. Maybe that's just me. 
<laughs> no, it's not just you. Well, in season four of the podcast, I'm asking all my guests these same last two questions. And the first one is just, what are you personally reading lately? Well, I have always have several books going because if we're using them in our homeschool. Um, so I've been teaching high school literature to my kids this year and another student that comes by. And so we just finished Sense and Sensibility. So I did that one. Um, and then uh, just started 1984. So we're going to finish up the school year with that book, 1984 by George Orwell. For my younger kids, um, I'm reading aloud Johnny Tremaine. Oh, I love that I one. I love that book with the American Revolutionary Times. And then uh, just for fun on my own, I've been reading Irene Hannon books. I'm not familiar with Irene Hannon. Tell yeah, me about they're her. Just, they're just fluff, fun books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's really important to have some fluff, fun books going. I generally yeah. have like a murder mystery or something. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it's similar to that. Yeah. type of style. And then the final question for you today, Gina, is just what are some of your best tips for keeping the homeschool day running smoothly? Um, I always try and never completely successful, but to get as many copies made before the school year starts as I can, um, because I've noticed that if I'm in the middle of a lesson and I have to leave to go make a copy or find us some supplies. Um, the other tip is to have all your supplies handy and in a good spot so you don't have to leave to go do that because then people, the kids lose focus and it's really hard to get back into it. So that's one of my tips. We did that this year with my son's high school chemistry. His, um, his teacher gave us a whole list of all the supplies that were going to be needed by the end of the year. And I just was like, I'm buying them all right now because yeah. I don't want to end up on some, you know, gray day in February. Like, mom, I need this one thing right now. Exactly. Yeah. Gina, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today. Can you tell people where they can find you all around the internet? Absolutely. Um, IChooseJoy.org is my homeschooling and family blog. MusicInOurHomeschool.com is uh, where you can find music resources. And then my online courses are at Learn.MusicInOurHomeschool.com. Fabulous. And I will have all those links up in the show notes for this episode over at HumilityAndDoxology.com. I'll chat with you later, Gina. Bye. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool-conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share it with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.